it's in progress. Well, it's not anymore. It's 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 now started. We we have we have officially started. There's there's nothing official <laughs> about it, but <laughs> it's about as official as we get here. Yeah. Hello, everyone who is still here. Who's still here? They they've just arrived. If if someone's new and they've just turned up, and you're like still here. I've just arrived. <laughs> I'm leaving now. <laughs> I'm gone. You're bro. probably not the right person for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> to be frank, to be frank, that's probably not the right person for this podcast. If you come in and get put off immediately by coming in the door. Hello, welcome. How are you today? Are you doing good? Yeah, I am. Thanks. You're welcome. I wasn't really talking to you, but it's fine. Um... <laughs> no, you, you, you're talking to like invi- like people that haven't watched this yet. That, that's who you're talking to or listened to this yet. See, see, yeah, sure. sure. You're, you're talking um... to a prediction of the future. That's what you're yes. doing. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's deep, isn't it? That, that's very I've... deep. Half <laughs> past well, nine in the morning, just for that. <laughs> it's like deep stuff. <laughs> Well, that's how my brain starts the day. I'm like, oh, I just woke up. Let's talk about Bayesian statistics and prediction errors. Yeah, hey. Wait till you have kids. <laughs> <laughs> just, you'll lose it all. Am I awake <laughs> yet? Is this a dream? Is it a hallucination? What's going on? Where am I? <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. It's true. It's very, very true. So what are we talking about today, Danny? Um... Depth of level of understanding is the title that we've currently got. It will probably change slightly because I don't think it rolls off the tongue very well. But yeah, depth of understanding. Yes. Uh, yes. Like so when, 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 when I came up with this title, uh, I came up with a title because of uh, depth of understanding as part of my research. And then I realized, actually, uh, there are lo- I thought this was going to be an easy thing to research as PhD, like going to be completely upfront. I was like, understanding. That sounds like an easy topic. <laughs> Hell no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. PhDs are great fun. But like I thought one word would mean one thing. <laughs> no, 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 it really doesn't. Have you um, not learned anything? <laughs> Yeah, but I thought understanding. Oh, that's probably just a bit of Bayesian stats, a bit of cognitive psychology, and then a little bit of pedagogy. <laughs> no, it's literally a bit of everything and then a bit of nothing at the same time. Uh, and I figured, let's have a conversation about that with John. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so I'll be coming at it from kind of the understanding of yourself for productivity. A lot of what my work entails is going pretty deep into the psychology of you and understanding how you work from different angles, not just from the kind of psychology, but also the almost almost the physiology, how you function, how you work and things you do and why you do them, like loads of different angles um, that I take my work from. So it's gonna be really interesting to see the similarities and the differences between what I do and then the consumption of content, which you've got there. Very interesting. the reason I've got consumption of content as a point, I'm pretty sure we I was we were like talking about different ideas we could talk about, and you put that down because you've got D in brackets, and I'm like, hmm, why did I say that? And then I remembered. I was like, oh yeah, that's. Um, and it's funny, the the cue that reminded me of that shows that I have a lower depth of understanding of whatever it was that I was talking about at the time, uh, and that's kind of where the the consuming content came from. Um, when when I consume content. I don't consume content once most of the time. I consume it multiple times to try and get a better depth of understanding of the content. But most people from my experience don't. I mean, when I look at my YouTube stats, some videos are watched two, three, four times by viewers. Other videos are watched once. Uh, And knowing a lot of the YouTube stats of other people and other creators, because I watch those videos when they share their stats, they're normally sharing money. And I don't really care about that. I care about the others. The other stats that are on the screen, uh, viewer viewer retention, uh, viewer re- replay is normally around 1.2, 1.3 per video, which is wow, yeah, which is pretty pants. So basically, people watch a video most of the time. They don't watch the whole video. They watch thirty percent, forty percent, and then that's it, and you're done. <laughs> then they leave it. Uh, some people go back and watch certain sections of videos to understand things. That's the 1.2, 1.3 bit. Uh, but most people watch a video once and the majority of people looking at audience retention of most videos don't go beyond 40 or 50 percent 
just average on YouTube. Um, so it makes me wonder if, well, it doesn't make me wonder. It, it kind of like confirms that people watch something and either don't like it, don't agree with it, or just are bored for whatever reason, and then leaving again. And you're like, I wonder. I don't, I don't think I completely agree there. I, I'm wondering whether it's just the platform that it's on, YouTube. I, I know you and I may be a little bit of the outlier in this, but I, watching YouTube for learning, I don't know whether the vast majority of YouTube is really... Outside of tactical, which obviously, you know, how to do this in this app, that is very tactical and practical. But I think when it comes to the more higher level kind of conversations around strategy and rather than tactics, when it comes to the strategic elements of how our brains work or like how to run your YouTube channel or how to manage this or manage that and how to think about this, how to manage the data points, stuff like that, which is much more strategic rather than tactical, how to do this, how to do that. I think perhaps people on YouTube aren't looking for that. I think I think that's a reflection of the views. So obviously the the strategic higher order learning. Um, if you know, I don't like that term, but I'm going to use it. Uh, that those sort of videos get lower views. <laughs> that is that is the English language in one go. I don't like it, but I got to use it. It makes sense. Off we go. <laughs> yeah I, I i don't like it and i may explain why in a bit but yeah um so i think that reflects views not necessarily duration because some of the videos that uh, i know from veritasium um, and smarter every day they are more theory-based videos because they're they're not telling you how to do something it's just hey these are loads of theories of stuff that can challenge your way of thinking vsauce is another perfect example where he does a mm. video like oh, that's really interesting and starts critiquing himself and or critiquing the viewer, whatever's going on. But again, most of those videos uh, only have, well, actually, they're, they're 0.95 from memory serves. Uh, so people don't even watch don't even watch the entire video they they, they leave before uh, and people don't go back to rewatch it to bring up that stat. Um, so it seems for whether it's just YouTube, I don't know. But I guess I would then extend that to how many people reread an article, how many people re-listen to a podcast or re-watch a video on a course. I, I don't know those stats, but I can't imagine it being very high for a lot of people on average. I don't know, though. I think re-reading re something or re-consuming the whole entire thing, as someone who consumes a lot of courses, no, I probably wouldn't. Um I think I do. I'm kind of in that, you know, 0.2% that rewatches quite a f things a few times just to get a deeper level of understanding. Yes. Um, but in courses and articles, I feel like the going deeper on the understanding comes from the notes that I'm taking and connecting them to other ideas rather than the consumption of that content again. I consume the content ill until I've had enough. If it's a very surface level, shallow depth of understanding, I'll watch it once, go through it, take my notes, and then the depth comes from connecting it to other ideas. For me, my depth comes from connection of other ideas that drags me down the rabbit hole. A good example of this is when I did the neuroscience of flow. I learned about the three parts of the brain that kind of simplifying grossly, um, you know, the three parts of the brain that kind of manage that and support that and the systems behind that. And then I went whole down a whole rabbit hole of how each part of that brain works. You know, the CEN, the SEN, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just because I wanted to learn, my depth comes from connecting notes together versus watching something again. So I'm curious, how did you find that information out? When you were going down into the depth, how did you find it out? Because depending on your, your meanings and definitions of what understanding is and what knowledge is, connections are essentially the, the most important part of differentiating between shallow and deep understanding. So mm. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I was like, yes, don't have to, don't have to sort of talk about that. But how do, you, how do you go further down? Is it just you read another article about that one question you have? 
Yeah, I just follow the questions. I follow the dopamine, <laughs> basically. It's just like, oh, cool, this is cool. So there's an LCN. What is that? Oh, what does that do? Oh, I wonder what else that affects. Oh, I wonder what this does. Oh, I wonder what that does. And I just follow the depth down. And then I, by going deeper into a specific part of it, it very, very beautifully links back up to the original thing that I was wanting to talk about and gives me some understanding. So a good example of this was understanding how the default mode network work varies for people who are neurotypical to neurodivergent. So I found out about what, what the studies that were talked about, whether they're all right or not, is in a, another conversation with neurodiversity because that is such a complicated thing to jump into, but whatever. Um, like understanding how the default mode network is slightly bigger or more active, so to speak, in people who are, neurodiver who are neurodiverse, um, because that, which is why staying focused and getting into stuff really deep is really easy but you can very easily be pulled out and distracted and pulled around that's where the hyperfixation can come in oh yeah beaten um so i spoke about that briefly in the in the patreon and some of the explorations around things so i'm, I'm gonna leave that for now though because uh, that may yeah be i know <laughs> i i have a lot of i have a lot of issues with the medical adhd and autism community that i'm just not touching because every time I start touching it, I'm just like, I hate you. I just, this is just stupid. I know I can intellectually, I can understand, but it's like, yeah, you're missing so many things that are actually more important. I, I guess, I guess what I, what I would say there is uh, ecological validity of some of their testing is uh, not as good as it could be, which obviously mm. is difficult, uh, especially in lab testing. If you want to get actual answers. Uh, it was so for those that watch YouTube, you may have come across a couple of videos from Justin Sung, I believe his name is, um, who's also a, an educational science researcher who's shared his opinions on certain things. I don't agree with his opinions um, and I don't agree with his interpretations of some of the research that he's read. And one of the one of the things that he brought up was about uh, sort of this, this interpretation. And I was like, hmm. So he, he essentially said that space repetition is not useful and can't and the research can't be applied to a modern student because the studies are not ecologically valid. He didn't say ecologically valid, but that was the point he was trying to make. He made it in like three minutes, but he could have just said ecological validity. Yeah, uh, one of my personal gripes with it <laughs> outstretches the video. But anyway, uh, and the the point was that studies weren't accurate enough to what life is like now my argument would be you can't make it accurate in a study when you're looking for a specific significance because you need to be able to control the factors so what do we know space repetition is useful yes is it useful in every single context yes but to di for differing degrees so what he said isn't wrong but it's not right but it's misleading to what misleading i think I, I think not wrong or right is the kind of wrong terminology misleading is better yeah. because it's it's wrong and right at the same exactly. time especially like as i'm learning more about as i'm diving deeper into the research of our brains i'm just like yeah we don't know shit <laughs> it's like it's just like yeah we don't know shit everyone's arguing nobody is happy and we just got to figure it out ourselves. <laughs> it's funny because there's there's so many times where I'm reading something, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And then it's like future research needs to, I'm like, oh, we haven't found the answers yet. <laughs> um, but go, going back to what we were saying about the, the shallow and depth of sort of like finding and exploring a question. I wonder, because this is what sort of something that I realized, which is why I go back to watch some of the things uh, again, is once I have answered some of those questions when i re-watch one of those videos that has some level of depth some of the videos i watch are pretty pants and shallow in depth so i know i'm not going to go watch them again depending on the creator um but some of the creators when they explain a video i listen to the video and i take points i'll take four or five points and then i'll go explore it but then when i go watch it back i recognize other points and other links because i now understand what they're talking about better um, which is why I go back and rewatch, and I wonder, have you have you done that at all? Or? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, most of the stuff I consume is book related, and I think I do make more notes than you do. Like from what I've seen from your Obsidian and my Obsidian, like my notes are more 
somewhat summarization sometimes not like there's a balance between the two whereas you're just like here's a connection to an idea i have here's a thing they said that's cool like whereas i'm like oh i want to think about that and so i think i take the bits that i don't understand and put that in my obsidian when i make the note i think perhaps i I don't know whether that's any different, but when I think when there are things I don't understand, I put it in there to explore and to think about. And when it brings it up again via my Readwise, or if it's a book um, or a podcast or something like that, or if I'm just you know looking at it again, I don't often. I think for my YouTube consumption, I very rarely use YouTube for learning. Mm. I think that's where we differ. What would you say you use for learning? Books, courses, just... Mm, How do articles. they differ? What do you do differently? That's a good question, which I don't have a good answer to. I think it's more... I think it's the intention. If the intention is clear on YouTube that I'm doing it to research and learn something, it's a, I approach it differently, I think. I think that's what it is. But I find myself relying more on articles than videos. Articles and podcasts more than videos um, for my own personal learning. So question for you then. Would you say that your level of learning, i.e. depth, so shallow or deep, level of learning uh, is impacted by your intention and if so would you then say youtube is kind of like a, a shallow level of learning yeah i think i would say that yeah the, the way i see it is social media is the top of the funnel it's where i get exposed to most of the questions the ideas the thoughts whatever wikipedia is another Wikipedia is not social media, but it's another one of those top of the funnel. It's, uh, oh, okay, this is a page. I'll have a look, see what's going on and go into the references. And then for a deeper understanding, you want more nuanced information about that thing, which is normally where you go to the articles. articles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's where I, where I am now with my learning because I just, I don't have enough time to watch tons of videos that I don't get any value from. Even at three times speed, I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever, 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 whatever. And I was just getting to the point where I was just pressing that all the time and I got bored. And so I wouldn't do it anymore. So instead it's like, oh, cool, someone's talking about this thing, this concept, or I spoke with Danny and this is something that I want to look into. I go and look into it. A lot of my depth of understanding comes from conversations with others, in fact, which I think is, I didn't think about that until now, of like, when I want to go deeper, it's a conversation I have with people, because I'm very much a, can't think of the proper term, so talky learner, like when I talk things out and I, and I process things out loud. Verbal. Thank you. Verbal processor. So when I talk out loud, that's literally what I'm doing now, um, I'm able to gain a deeper understanding, which of course with the YouTube video, I cannot do. I can't just talk at the YouTube video. I mean, I try, but they never listen. Um, Start shouting, that you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Stop asking me to subscribe. <laughs> it doesn't I'm not work. going to like the video. <laughs> Ask me to like the video, not subscribe to the video, because the research has shown that subscribers aren't actually that important. It's likes and view time. Stop asking me to subscribe! Anyway. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to that podcast. <laughs> no, no. Um, what, it's, it's interesting you, you bring all that up because the, <clears throat> the level of learning we're at is something that Justin Sung has spoken about briefly and some of the other educational creators, not necessarily just on YouTube, but I've, I've seen most of them on YouTube. They talk about this level of learning, higher level of learning and lower level of learning. Um, well, higher order thinking and, and different things like that. And the 
the the relation between lower level and higher level is interesting because they seem everyone seems to say we want to do higher order thinking we want to do this higher order learning we need depth of understanding this that and the other uh, and they try and skip the first however many levels depending on the model or framework that they're talking about but the way i see it is you can't get to depth until you've seen it so we need the lower level stuff, like whatever yeah. that is. Uh, and the way I treat YouTube is it's my lower level. Right? If, if I didn't have YouTube, I wouldn't get as many questions as I did. The reason that I still watch YouTube is because I still want more questions. Uh, and when I want to explore something, I stop watching YouTube and, and go elsewhere. So I think for people that watch content that can give them questions, that's not just YouTube, that's anywhere online. Think to yourself, do I actually want to have more questions or have more things that I want to explore? And if not, then there's no real need to consume that type of content. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm hitting a shift in the business. I think we touched on this in the bonus episode on, on the YouTube channel, if you're listening on the podcast, um, around like where my direction is going. And I think I'm finding myself consuming much less because I have a focus and because I know where I'm going now, because I have a, watch this for a segue, better understanding of myself i find that oh no, that's good wasn't it um i feel like i don't necessarily need to find more information at this current time like the especially the shallow i think i've re reached a depth that i'm i wouldn't say comfortable with because if you're comfortable with something you really sh you've not gone deep enough in my especially when it comes to understanding yourself um but once you reach that certain level and you are understanding of your understanding. I hated that, but I can't, I'm not going to use comfortable because you can't be comfortable. <laughs> if you're comfortable, there's a problem. Um, you're in a zone of proximal development. Oh, I was trying to avoid using that. I could have used that. Your comfort zone, they're different things. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely different things. I think we need to put that in aside for another for another episode. To talk about the comfort zone and zone of proximal development. They're different things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, once you reach that understanding, it's kind of like taking off your training wheels and getting started. An experience that I literally am having right now, as I'm reaching a a level in my business where I have such a deeper level of where my wants and skill set are and where i want to take the business and what i want to focus on and who i want to work with it's changed my consumption habits quite cons considerably so my question here i'm i'm going to try and ask this and make it not really egotistical <laughs> um but when it comes to your consumption from my perspective perspective you've you've gone deeper when you've become more comfortable in looking into academic research. Yes. And it, it, it sounds, and the way I perceive like the, your, your development, I guess, as, a, as an internet academic, a term I like to use, um, is that the more you've gone into the research, the more you now know what you want to know. Yes. But you, because the, like, like I say about the YouTube, YouTube doesn't, very well well most social media doesn't very well express the nuances in things they sort of give you a conclusion hey here's a thing that i found or here's an experience i had and there's no science there's no context no reference no nothing there so you can't you can't grab something and go oh i'm gonna go look at that but when you've got the research you can find obviously all the references in there but they bring up other theories other hypotheses other topics limitations and the rest and you're like what's that what's that I want to know what that is uh, and you end up yeah going. and and i think like since jumping into like internet academia um one question i had from rebecca who's my obm is why am i doing research what why are you doing that and often what i find is once i start diving into the research i have a better understanding of me and it's like oh that's why i think that way that's why i like for me my academic research is not necessarily in the same direction as you i don't think like for Probably me overlaps. It, yeah there's some overlapping points but for me it's like once i understand and can integrate 
what I'm learning from the academia, it also helps me to, in some ways, dismiss the academia and go, no, my personal experience is this. However, I now understand more about that. And it's more of a like, I understand myself more from the contradictions that, that exist from the internet academia. Often, I think when I first started, when my depth of understanding of academia was so shallow, shall we say, I thought they had the answers and that what they say is fact. But especially when it comes to the brain and neuroscience and how we think and how we feel and how we like the mushy stuff, you can tell me what it's actually called, um, and the mushy stuff of, of, <laughs> you right now? That's literally what I called it in the video that's coming out in two days. <laughs> All of the mushy stuff does not have an answer. And then when you turn that around and you look externally with courses and programs and workshops and all the stuff that's being released from a business perspective, promising an answer. And that is like my fundamental thing of like, I freaking hate that. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to help you figure it out yourself because that's actually what you need. You don't need to be told what to do in many aspects. I was going to say, we're, we're getting into the, the next episode right here. Are we? <laughs> yeah. Answers or advice. Ah, shit. Pausing <laughs> <laughs> on could... that thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we, we could talk about that now, but we'd have to come up with another, another, another topic for the next episode. Um, no. But no, like... No. I think the power of understanding how you work comes from having a deeper level of understanding and that understanding comes from varying different places. I think necessarily it's not consuming content multiple times. It's consuming more content when you're first getting started and figuring it out and playing with that. Go, go on. So would you say, cause this is how I see it. Um, YouTube is more of a quantity, top of the funnel content or yes. social media. Whereas yes. I'm going to say academic articles because blog posts, some of them are just as bad as YouTube, some of them worse. Um, but the academic articles or things that have more depth to them are higher quality. So you don't need as much of them, but they can yes. give you more back. That's how I see yes. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it in the same way. There are outliers and exceptions mm. to the rule, as always there is, because context is key. But overall, yes, when I want to, it helps me to go, cool, this is interesting. I don't want to go any further with that now. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things that when, when we first started, spe started speaking about academic research and you s sort of started moving into to Sci-Hub and, uh, <laughs> and so, some other things with, with research, it was interesting as someone that had obviously been in academic research for five six years um and trying to introduce someone that didn't go to university doesn't read academics isn't a <clears throat> self-proclaimed academic um and getting them to read things that are essentially a load of really complicated words <laughs> and, a, and a format that is not uh easy to read no definitely not so my, my question would be do you think it's worth people if, if people consume lots and lots of content online do you think it's worth people having a look at academic articles instead of spending like an hour on youtube spend an hour reading one paper obviously context. Change, change those numbers context i yeah, think it yeah. depends on the amount i think if you are consuming for entertainment well if you're learning just to have fun of learning something keep surface keep keep on the youtube there is nothing wrong with that but if you're looking for a, a if you want to get more from the time you're spending then i feel personally from my perspective my context etc etc that yes it is i find more value from spending an hour reading an in-depth, you know, 
meta-analysis of something versus watching 50 videos on the same subject. Especially when the 50 videos all are saying the same fucking thing. And they and they quote like one popular video and they all say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've experienced that. <laughs> it's it's interesting you you say that because I, I also like the fact you use meta-analysis. I'm like, yes, terminology. <laughs> Just need a systematic review in there as well now. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those things where as as someone that is biased towards academia, uh it's it's interesting to see this evolving landscape with sharing information something that i saw in a video recently is i've been moaning and whining about no one putting references in and then i saw literally the opposite issue appear in a video where someone had put in loads and loads of references no context on what the references were about and some of the references because i know the reference pool uh, were absolute rubbish like they were outdated or they were two page summary articles and i'm like why have you put that one in there why not just put the, the fundamental one in there um and out of the 26 papers that were cited only three of them were useful and I'm sitting here thinking, wow, we now have the same issue in academia as we could do in social media. I think that's a nice issue to have um, rather than just sitting there going, I have no idea what to do now. Um, instead, you get a massive to-do to list and be like, oh, now I need to pick what to do. I'd much rather the latter than the further. I'd much rather a nice to-do list <laughs> or, or something, but I think it's a, a nice direction. It, it would just be interesting to see how... How social media, I don't think it's going to adopt it into mainstream, <laughs> um, but how, how some of the, the more quality research is moved forward. Because a lot of the podcasts now are using professionals. They're using uh, like doctors that are researching things. They're using PhD students and they're using more research heavy fact-based information rather than, hey, this is my opinion. It, I was Huberman Lab, Tom Billiou, uh, what's it, the... the well the greatest whatever his name is thing i can't remember his thingy yeah the show podcast show um but yeah there's there's a few of them that are bringing in experts. yeah the show podcast show you you all know what yeah. that is don't you yeah mm -hmm. there's a guy it's the greatest something or other um but they, they're bringing in experts and it's interesting to see the experts talk i know joe rogan brings in experts as well but it's 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 not just them doing it now there are other people like i would say like normal interested researching people that are being like hey um this researcher i i don't agree with this or i have a different opinion or what about this research alexi goose is a perfect example where he took matthew walker's book on science and basically said hey uh no <laughs> and then did a whole blog post about just the first chapter and critiqued it which is what science is about not just saying, hey, you're an expert. I'm just going to listen to you because you've got some letters after your name or before your name. Uh, it's critiquing it, which I'm excited to see move forward. Yeah, that I think it's this it's either today or next week. I have a podcast talking about experts. I recorded it previously. Um, it's going out this week around expertise and why experts only are an expert of what they know. And, I th and, and, and it's like... Because often we give too much, like, especially in the realm of productivity and business advice, we give too much away to the experts. We kind of outsource our responsibility to experts. So I got a question for you. Because this is something that I'm I'm still struggling with in my mind. It's one of those things I was like, ah, I don't like that, but I don't know why I'm going to box it. So I figured I'd bring it up. When individuals reference an expert and say, this expert says this thing, but doesn't give a counter argument or doesn't give context as to their research, their backing or anything, do you think that increases the depth and quality of the video? Or piece it of content. Depends. Of course. Give me context. I, I knew that's going to be the answer. It's just like why, how, where. 
I find it more valuable when there is a critique or there is a conversation or an interpretation from the person speaking. I enjoy people's interpretation of the expertise, which is what I'm trying to do with my work is give more interpretations versus just spouting out the the language because you know let's be honest there are apart from this lovely little community we have here there are a few people who want to learn about you know meta-analysis and that other word you said that i'm not going to say just despite you, so you don't have systematic it. review <laughs> like that scares people like when i was working on the marketing for my business um there was conversation around like person-centered productivity and i reached out to basically my ideal audience and the response was i feel stupid i i can't like i don't understand what that is so i just won't come along and i won't ask questions and i won't like i feel like that you're beyond me when really for my marketing purposes i want to be on the same wavelength like a lot of the feedback that um i've received from our work together and my podcast and the products that i have is that we are a voice holding a conversation and you know they're a part of the conversation which i think i never want to lose um instead of me being seen as an expert that's out of reach and cannot be spoken to i never want to be seen that way if it means i cannot be an expert then i cannot be an expert i don't give a crap like for me the expertise is secondary from the conversation from the perspectives of the experts which i find more valuable rounding it back off to your question sorry on a little tangent there um like I'm more interested in the perspective of the person reaching, like mentioning the expert rather than the expert itself. If I want the expert, like what he says, which I never do because, you know, I don't want it. Um, <laughs> cause, cause whatever. Um, often I just don't, I will go there myself. I want your perspective and then I can choose whether to go deeper. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it was a similar thought to me. Obviously, in my videos, that's what I try and do. I, I I share what it what the science says, and then obviously my my blue self sort of sums it up much more simply. <laughs> like I I prefer being the orange me because that's me sharing what I know and understand. But I recognise that my audience are like, yeah, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> because I was the same. It's the, the blue me is kind of like the, the me before I knew what orange me knows. And that's what irritates me sometimes about these people that say, hey, here's a quote thing. Because I'm like, I, why, how, where? I don't, I don't get why the Why have you don't provided this? What does that matter? Why is that important? Why did you choose that? What Was there something else that you missed that you could have booked up on? Like, it was like, give me the context of what you're giving me, which is what I'm always doing with my clients. Whether they get driven up the wall from it, it's like, I'm asking you this question because I want to know this. Because giving that clarification and giving that like understanding means what often happens when you're dealing with incredibly smart people, which business owners are incredibly smart. It's like they're, they're trying to analyze what you're saying and why you're saying it. For some people, they don't. Of course not. Um, but giving context always puts people, I feel, always puts people at ease. That That's empathizing with someone and giving them context as well as giving them permission to go hey this is a thing and when i'm wrong that's even better because as far as they're concerned i'm not wrong i just gave the wrong context so related to something you brought up a second ago and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna relate this to some research as well because uh, we're talking about it uh muller and mayo both talk about um multimedia learning and their research mainly is in misconceptions uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with the research, but they, they mainly look at misconceptions. However, what they also look at, because it's qualitative study, they also look at what the students thought before, after, during uh, mm -hmm. all the testing. And something that was kind of obvious to most people that have been at school, which is most of us, people don't ask questions but we have loads of questions mm. and we don't ask questions typically because either we don't want to look silly um, or we don't know 
if it's a right question or the right time to ask the question, but we would want someone to ask the question. Um, and what Mayo and Miller found in their research is sharing misconceptions in videos is like one, obviously sharing the misconceptions so people don't misunderstand, but two, it's also answering questions people may have in their head without them needing to ask, ask it, which is what I've attempted to do with my video with me, sort of the blue person being like, what about this? And me going, yes. So if someone has a question, I'm confirming the question they have in their head without them actually asking it. Uh, so it's interesting that you, you sort of mentioned that people have questions, but they don't know whether to answer, to ask. Yeah, to ask yeah. Them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, especially from a business perspective, I remember being very concerned of asking questions because I looked up to the people I looked up to until a certain point. And that was due to a lack of understanding of myself a lot of issues as it stems in business context um around imposter syndrome around that lack of confidence in yourself comes not because you're broken or there's something wrong with you or you're disordered necessarily but because you don't have the understanding of your of yourself of who you are yourself not yourself yourself the person you are the soul the spirit the brain the whatever you want to call it um and all the extended pieces all together. extended cognition yeah exactly um just stop because then we go down that rabbit hole again um I'm, I'm constantly having to pull myself out of that and then every single time i i i have extended i i experience extended cognition i'm just like oh this is just so much easier and i don't have to worry about it anymore Right, I'm going to say something now. That right there is the epitome of space repetition. <laughs> like you, you've done some research, you've experienced it, and then you're recognizing it in the real world, which is you recalling and recognizing the information at a different point in time. It's not about fucking flashcards. Thank you. <laughs> I can't stand because it's it's like almost synonymous on YouTube. Active recall, space repetition, Anki flashcards, Anki flashcards. Fuck off with your bloody flashcards. I didn't use any and I don't use them. I, I made a thingy in Notion because it was cool. <laughs> did I use it? Rarely. And when I did use it, it was just to see if it worked. <laughs> However, let's let's actually pull that back. Pull behind yeah. the curtain. The reason why is because you know how you work. Mm -hmm. What What's happening there? Um, I infer is oh, look at you um, using words i do actually use quite a lot of words <laughs> i just removed them because i'm so used to people going what <laughs> I, 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 I do that in my videos <laughs> that, that's, that's the blue me <laughs> what um, what <laughs> like i can infer that they don't have the confidence in their own natural spaced repetition the thing the thing i find just so fascinating with all these tips oh we're gonna go into the next episode okay i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna hold that thought because it does go into the next episode okay i will i will come in then and, and bring in a, another not necessarily caveat but another point to make with understanding um is prior knowledge you mentioned expertise um, and expertise in a specific context and depending on your definition of expertise I've got a note on it so have a look if you want um, <laughs> but expertise, <I> will. <laughs> expertise typically like you say is in a context and that's because of the prior knowledge of the individual because if the prior knowledge of the individual I'm taking it from a sports perspective if you're a sports coach that doesn't mean you have expertise in sports coaching it means you have expertise in the sport and the age group and the gender because it also differs uh, and the size of group you have expertise in all of like that small area when you then go to coaching conferences in, in sports coaching anyway most of the time the educators have worked in one or two contexts and other people in the course maybe so the uk coaching conference i went to before covid um the the people that were talking they were talking about general coaching but in the room you had netball rugby football cricket like there were loads of different sports loads of different genders age groups and the rest of it so the the presenter's expertise 
was useful, but not as useful as it could have been if they had expertise in our context. So the prior knowledge they had impacted how much prior knowledge is actually useful for us, which obviously relates to your, your, your expertise example and understanding, because if the person that is sharing their expertise doesn't have similar prior knowledge or relatable knowledge to your context, then it's going to be one harder for you to consume because you're, you're going to have to use a lot of mental load to relate it. Um, and two, John's bouncing on his chair. Yeah, I, I have thoughts. I have loads of thoughts. Let's put this in a business context. Yeah. There are a small group of people who go on about how social media is rubbish and you shouldn't market on social media and you don't need to market on social media. Look at me. I've got a six, seven figure business without marketing on social media. There is so, and I'm going to teach you how to not market on social media. No, no. I do not like social media. I do not enjoy it. Not really. The standard marketing shit. But GIFs on Twitter. Huh? GIFs on Twitter or GIFs? Yeah. GIFs, please. GIFs, not GIFs. Okay, thank you. Sorry, you're all wrong if you say that GIF, it, GIF is GIF. No, you're wrong. Get out. That And also pineapple does belong on pizza. Um, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm glad I found someone else. <laughs> you lot can all get out. Just get out. Um, often when people say, oh, we don't need to be on social media, they've spent nearly like five, six years on social media and they have a following. Once you reach a certain point, once you reach a certain threshold, no, you don't need to be on social media. If your plan is not to grow or you don't have a need to grow to new audiences and you don't have and you have a referral network which is not needed to be on socials then no you don't otherwise i'm sorry if you want to connect with multiple people and you don't want to go network events and all that stuff yes you do it is really interesting how you have these people who are you've got people who say you don't need to go to networking events anymore and then you're on the other side people saying you don't need to do social media anymore you've got to do one something i would say about social media obviously i'm i'm in favor of social media because i use it a lot um but to to access conversations with people or to access certain people, it's much easier and less formal to send something over social media, whether that's a DM or just mention them in something. It's it's more likely from my experience anyway, you're gonna get a response from someone if you've shown on social media that you're interested in, I don't know, some of the content they've shared or some of the information they've shared, a book they've written or something, and you're you're publicly sharing their work whilst introducing yourself to them. That's that's how I've done it. Um, whenever I want to talk to an academic, most of the time I've listened to a podcast of theirs or listened to a, or read an article, read a book or whatever, and I'm like, I really enjoyed this book from so-and-so at mention the person, then they'll like it. Once they've liked it, they've acknowledged that I obviously exist. And then you have a starting point to a conversation rather than saying, hi, there's this thing, this thing, and this thing. Uh, and on social media, obviously, if you're interested in someone's work, likely there, there is a likely chance that other people are also interested in their work. Um, so people that you may not even have thought about would then contact you because they've seen that you've shared some of their work. And that's happened to me a couple of times. I've shared some podcast episodes of people and people that listen to that podcast as well have come over to me and be like, oh, I didn't realize you listened to this and this this stuff that you're doing is really interesting. And they've asked me questions about Obsidian when they come from sports coaching. And I'm like, wow, okay. Because they listen to a podcast that I shared about. Social media and gives you And this is the thing. I, I, I just, I get really frustrated when we have experts giving blanket advice that just doesn't give any context. It ruins it. It, it, it makes business far harder and then the business owner is left thinking that they're doing everything wrong because they're told not to do something then they're told to do something and then they've got conflicting advice so guess what they make no steps they're overwhelmed they're stressed they don't know where to go they don't know how to start they feel like there's something wrong with them and then they just quit because quitting is easier 
Oh yeah, that annoys me. <laughs> I was, I was going to say we could probably close the episode out there, just like and cut. <laughs> Ping. Or is it Peng? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's never Peng. No, it's just not. Oh, I had to bring it up, but yeah, uh, I I've really enjoyed this episode. We're not going to do a uh, a word of the a word of the a word of the episode because we. We kind of felt like one, it was unneeded, and two, it would have been unfair because I'm doing a PhD in understanding, and that would be the most appropriate word, and it would kind of be pointless to do uh, a meaning of a word when I've done PhD research for the last three months about it, and John's not. Yeah, it would just basically be him talking and me going, yeah, 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 I like that. <laughs> wait, it pretty wait, much is that you, anyway, to be fair. You, you missed the, you missed the, oh, Wait, what, what was that? I'm going to research that later. I'm going to read that later. I'm going to read that later. Yeah, all of that. Or I just I, I just have the mo's now. I was just like, oh, cool. I'm going to go through the mo's. Oh, this is cool. Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'll just do that. Yeah. What, what did you think of the mo's? I don't know which one you read. I ain't read it yet. I was going to say. I started reading it and then kids needed me. I'm going to put it on my, uh, when I'm away for my holiday next week. Right, cool. Um, Which one, the first or the second? Because the second one's bigger than the first. Both. I'll have more time. I won't be working. You're going to go through both. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I I went, I went, like, each of the articles that I go through for the nose, even though it looks fairly simple, because there's only, like, four or five pages an article, like, all the references, I've looked at all the references that I reference in those articles. (laughs) It's not a, oh, yeah, I'll just bung that in there. Like, I've looked at the abstract and conclusion of all the references, at least. Sometimes I then add them, so, but, yeah. You'll you'll probably get to a point, be like, oh, that's a really interesting point. Completely forget you've got the rest of the most to read. (laughs) Go down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I completely know that's happening. That's why I want to dedicate a good amount of time. Because the last time I read, I read a really in-depth article. I was there like for four hours. At that point, I was time tracking properly. I was just like, "Oh, four hours have gone. Oh, it's ten o'clock. Oh, I'm starving. Oops." Yes, yes. <laughs> so the Moses is like an index page for you to go. Right, I want to waste a couple of hours, or I'm going to spend some hours just reading some stuff. Let's go there. It's just like, ooh, a mush-bush menu of delicious things. Let's go. Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) See you all later. Bye. Four hours later. (laughs) Oh, dear. Right. So um, next episode, we're going to be talking about answers or advice so oh god i'm going i can't wait for that one (laughs) yeah so for those of you listening to this one it will be next week but john and i are going to talk about it now so um it's going to be fun and we'll see you next week bye